the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Pastor John Allworth. Compulsive behaviors and addictions are rampant in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth and Tony B. starts now. They'll take your calls and share how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ saved them and can do the same for you or your loved ones. God wants you to walk into the light. Recovery Radio Houston is live. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. This is Pastor John Allworth coming to you from Recovery Radio Houston. I am here with my co-host, the incredible... Tony B. How are you, Tony B? Tony Whataburger. <laughs> we I'm, did stuff at Whataburger. I'm throwing down the Whataburger. Right you know, if you're like us uh, and you're out there in your car listening, we just got went through the worst traffic jam uh, that I can remember since pre-COVID probably, trying yeah. to get down 59 down here to the radio station. But it's a, it's a, it's a privilege and an honor to be with you today. Tony, this show is about hope. The hope that Jesus Christ offers to the lost, to the brokenhearted, and specifically to those that are under the bondage of addiction. You know, God wants you to know that he's got a mighty purpose in your life. And Tony, that's something we found out that we couldn't do on our own, but uh, we accepted the marvelous gift that he offers to each and every person out there. We accepted his hand and he pulled us out of the ditch, didn't he? Yep. And we needed a set of instructions and I can't hear me. Yeah, I can't hear you either. I'm not sure what we may have some technical Uh-oh. difficulties going on here. You switch to this one. You switch mics. That's what. Oh, you there you go, brother. There we go. Hello. Hello. There. There you go. go. There you go. All right. There's the Whataburger. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Whataburger. <laughs> Number one Whataburger. <laughs> it looked good. I didn't. I didn't need it. He, he's still eating French fries, folks. Looks good. Smells even better. You know, we are so honored and privileged to be here because God did bring us out of the darkness, both of us. Uh, we have a, a testimony and and all glory to God because He brought us out of the darkness and into the light, and He wants that for each and every person. And you may not be struggling under the bondage of addiction, but I bet you money you know somebody that does because there's a pandemic, Tony, that's been around a lot longer than COVID. Yep. And what is it? Uh, addiction. And what's the vaccine? Jesus Christ. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. So let's open in prayer. Uh, Father God, we just come to you, Father, with such gratitude on our hearts. Uh, for everything that you've done for us, uh, for the gratitude for the miracles that we see in our work in recovery commu- in the recovery community out there, and and Father, with humility, um, 
because Father, without you, we couldn't have done anything. And we just uh, we ask for a hedge of protection out there for everybody that's battling disease, whether it be COVID or whether it be heart disease or kidney disease, cancer. We just ask that you comfort them, comfort their families, give them peace, and heal them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, Tony, we're going to ask for phone calls today for two different reasons. And one is, if you want to join the show, you can call 1-800-808-5548. You could call if you have questions about Jesus, uh, the power of a personal relationship with him, or if you uh, you need some advice, you need some counsel, you don't know where to go, or you don't know where to send somebody that uh, that you love that's struggling. Um, so, or, or you can share your victories with us, your hope, strength, and experience. We'd love you to join the show at 1-800-808-5548. And the second reason, Tony, is that we're going to be transparent today. Our contract for Recovery Radio Houston is up February 1st, and we're going to continue with the show. Uh, but the question is, are we going to continue on this radio station, or are we going to continue in a podcast format alone? Are we about to enter contract negotiations? Well, we could be, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know this, folks, but they don't pay us to be on here. We pay Not them. a dime. <laughs> no, we pay them. <laughs> so, you know, if you just want to call, you don't want to join the show, but you think the show may be helping you or somebody else, you can call 800-808-5548 to express, uh, you know, support for the show and to tell us that you want us to stay on the radio. We've had a bit of a problem because uh, we've been preempted. The time slot we've selected, 4 p.m., has not turned out that great because we keep getting preempted by, you know, you may be disappointed to hear us because you were looking for Texas Tech basketball, but it got canceled this week because of COVID. Um, so, you know, we've had a little bit of a problem. It's probably not fair to the station, but uh, we haven't been able to build the audience that we'd like uh, because we haven't been on the air. But again, we're going to take calls for two different reasons, and that is at 800-808-5548, 800-805-548. Call us if you need prayer. Call us if you need some advice or counsel. Uh, call us if you want to share your strength, hope, and experience. And that's to be on the show. You can be, uh, you don't have to give us your name. You can give us a pseudonym. Uh, but we're here to try to help you. That's that's what God's put on our hearts. Uh, but the second reason to call again is if you just want to say, hey, guys, stay on the radio station. You know, you're helping people out there. That's 800-808-5548. So in any event, we are, today we're going to discuss the, Tony and I are, are veterans of both what's called secular recovery and what's called faith-based recovery. And we believe with all our hearts in both. And what's the difference, Tony, between secular and faith-based? Well, I mean, one came from the other, the secular part. Um, a lot of people may be ignorant to it. And remember, ignorance is not stupidity. It's just lack of knowledge. Uh, they may not be aware that the big book came pretty much from the Bible. It very, did. very scripturally inspired. Absolutely. Uh, scriptures reflected very well in the big book. Um, but these steps that uh, parlay into principles that we have to apply to our lives are definitely faith-based. I mean, while we go through them today, you will definitely be able to see how when you correlate a step to a principle, they come from each other and they both come from just honoring God and having that relationship with Jesus that you need. Amen. You know, I was in a meeting, a 12-step meeting this morning, Tony, and I went through these principles. Uh, and they are all biblically based. I believe with my, all my heart that the 12 steps are divinely inspired. 
I saw one place that was looking at the 20th century and, and considered them one of the miracles of the 20th century. They come out of a group originally called the Oxford Group, which was a Christian organization. And, you know, you and I believe, Tony, strongly that we've seen people. The 12 Steps is about a spiritual awakening. Right. And we have seen people that didn't know Christ, that didn't have any relationship with God, and that went through the 12-step process. And that was a bridge that served to uh, to bring them into Christianity and have a, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's when everything changes. And there's another, uh, I don't want to say myth, but maybe a misconception that, you know, you, 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 you follow the program of 12-step recovery and all of a sudden you're awakened spiritually. What What happens is you have spiritual experiences as the results of these steps and that leads to a spiritual awakening because what the steps do is lead you in biblical principles Well, they give you a whole different way of living that if you haven't lived a certain way before you're going to have different experiences right so those being of spiritual nature will lead with consistency becoming a working part of your mind and, and 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 life they lead to the spiritual awakening, like, aha, well, I can live a righteous life. And when I referenced earlier in prayer, the miracles that we see around us in the recovery community, that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle business. That's right. And he works through his servants here on earth. and He delivers uh, better than Uber Eats. Yeah, you know, I'm going to preach tomorrow on deliverance, in fact. Uh, so You better bring Uber Eats in there. That's my line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to bring in Uber Eats or Whataburger. But <laughs> I'm, you know what? <laughs> what can be better than having Uber Eats Deliver Whataburger to your yeah, front door. They, you know, that's pretty good. I got to tell that's you, that's almost a trinity. Yeah, all, what's, what's the third part? Uh, well, the only thing better is is, is uh, the transformative power of Christ, which oh. I'll be on here Monday. Hey, let me give a plug right now because we had a meeting last night, Tony. Where did we have that meeting? Oh, I'm sorry, at 901 Wilson Road in uh, Humble, Texas, New Covenant Church. We did. It's called Break Every Chain, and we meet every Friday at 7, and uh, we've actually, from this show, had some folks come in, and, uh, you know, we want to invite you. It's out in Humble, Texas. Uh, You can come. I don't care where you live in in Texas, but if you, uh, some folks might think it's easier if you lived out in the northeast part of town, but in any event, it's every Friday at 7, and what we do, Tony, is is, uh, we have praise and worship, We, Mm -hmm. We you know, usher in the Holy Spirit. We have a, a uh, word. In fact, I'll be bringing it. You you did two weeks ago, and I'll be bringing it this coming Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a biblical message, not too long, 20, 20 minutes or so. And then we break into the real meat of the program or the real meat of the fellowship is we break into men's and women's groups, and we share our st- hope, strength, and experience, our, our difficulties, and it's powerful. Uh, we sit around It's where circle. the rubber meets the road. It is indeed. You know, the Bible tells us. Iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another. And Confess so, to each other your sins. James 5.16. Thank yeah. you, brother. So um, anyway, so we're, we're here today. We're going to talk about these principles. And actually, you know, when I referred to Tony uh, two weeks ago, bringing the word, he discussed. He gave us a great rendition. So I'm going to kind of let him take the lead here for and I'll chime in, but uh, about what these, because people don't really know what the steps are and what they're based on, and they're based on these 12 principles. Before we get into them, Tony, and I'll let you start with step one, let's talk. give one more time. Uh, if you want to call to support the show, say, guys, stay on the radio, stay on KKHD. You can call 800-808-5548 and just say, I'm calling in to give support. And then you can hang up. We've got a wonderful person out there who's lady who's answering the phones, and she'll be doing it. Or if you want to join the show, you can do so anonymously to ask us questions, to ask for prayer, or to uh, seek some advice and counsel, 800-808-5548. So, Tony, what's the first, what's the first principle? Well, we'll go by the step first. And remember, okay. this. I'm going to read out of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, but it could be of the anything anonymous. Just insert 
insert addiction. Okay? Insert drugs, gambling, whatever it might <laughs> or be. Or whatever it is. Pornography. Biting your nails, yeah. you know, picking your nose, whatever. Licking a Q-tip. Did I just say that out loud? I'm you sorry. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. That's a two-part deal there. You know, you get to a point to where you, you've bottomed out. Alcohol is your master. You cannot successfully stop drinking, right? But your life becoming unmanageable, the second part of that first step, that is really so, so important. A lot of people say, well, I can stop drinking. I'm going to put it down. But we don't understand how powerless we are in running our own lives. That's really the ism. There's alcohol or whatever it is, ism. The ism is the fact that I think I can, I can control my life. Yeah. It's my life, the control of my life is none of my business. That's up to God. I have to do what he is the author. Right, uh, he is the bo- he's the boss. I'm the worker. I have to pr- I have to do what he wants me to do. He has to forge my path, and I have to trust him to do that. So when we reach that point, the principle coming out of that step is honesty. I have to be willing to be honest enough to say that you know I cannot successfully drink. I cannot drink like other people. I cannot control my intake of whatever substance I'm having a problem with. And on top of that, I have this illusion that I can run my own life. I'm totally incapable of doing that until I realize that. And I'm honest with myself about that. I cannot recover from something that I don't have. And that's where the enemy is so devious. Mm -hmm. Because we have an amazing capacity as human beings, and particularly as addicts, to fool ourselves. And to tell ourselves, it's okay. Everybody does it. I'm in control. But I, I believe if it's affecting any part of your life in a negative way, your professional life, your personal life, or your spiritual life, mm-hmm. and that's a big one, then you're you're powerless. Why are you doing it if it's hurting you? Mm-hmm. And then your life has become unmanageable. And so what's the, what's the principle that goes with that again? Honesty. Yeah, because we got to be brutally honesty. That's that's a characteristic of, of any recovery is you can't go into meetings and lie. You can't to yourself or to other people. Well, the question you want to ask there is why do I have such a problem with honesty? And I have such a problem with honesty because when I was honest in my past it hurt me yeah. because i got my feelings hurt i got knocked down i got uh i was abused early in my life or i was made to feel less than i i grew up in a, in a broken home or an alcoholic home and i never got that uh i'm not saying per se i did i didn't but uh more times than not the addicts and alcoholics i would say 95 percent of the time come from some form of abuse yeah. either mental physical sexual or all three yeah, for example, in my circumstance, I grew up in a household where my mom was an alcoholic. Right. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of emotional and, abuse. And, that, and, yeah. and what that does and what so many addicts, you know, I've heard the 12 steps described as a, as a journey to authenticity. Because mm-hmm. as an addict, you want to say and do whatever you think the other person will make them like you. Right. I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to act in a way that I think that you want me to act so that you like me. Exactly. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, we're we're not honest with ourselves or with. We're not honest because we want to cover up the truth we have about ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And, and we, we have to we're trying to fill that hole in our soul that only Jesus can fill. And we try to pour everything in there. You, you know, and I don't want to dump on my poor mama too much because she was a good person. She, mm-hmm. she loved me. Uh, but the truth is she went to eight rehabs and she never got the, the first step. She was never able she to. She never worked at all all the way through this, the second part. She, she, well, she didn't. She, and she never, you know, she first time she got sober for two years. Mm-hmm. She went to New Orleans on a business trip. Everybody's having a drink. Oh, I can have one. It's over. Because I can control it. Yeah, <laughs> one, exactly. One's too many yeah. and a thousand's not enough. All right, so we got to be honest. Uh, we have to. We have to truly accept that 
in our in our hearts. And so what happens? What's step two? Well, when we're fully honest and we get into the program and we're willing to accept things about ourselves, the first thing that happens is that freedom to be able to believe that somebody or something can help you. So the second step is that we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Now, what's the def- definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again. Expecting, expecting different, different results, results right? Yeah. <laughs> so now all of a sudden it's being opened up to us that there is a possibility that I could actually just have the, I don't know, the, the, the faith of a mustard seed, I guess is what I'm thinking about, but it's not. It, it, I could have that, that, that teardrop bit of willingness to consider the fact that possibly, just maybe, that there is a power greater than me out there that could, that could uh, make me feel better, restore my sanity, be able to stop me from acting like this. Course, now, we all know that that's all God. Jesus right? Christ. Exactly. Yeah. But it's worded in a way to where it's not too, um, to, to push anybody away who's had bad spiritual experiences, to push anybody away that may be an atheist or an agnostic. There's a whole chapter in the book dedicated to uh, those people that uh, to reassure them like most of the fellowship was of like-minded of them till they dropped all prejudice and they started you know thinking on a different plane just by giving the consideration that this might work and that really bothers some people we're on a Christian radio station that, that that are Christians and they're like well how can you endorse such a program well because we've seen example after example where that attracted somebody mm-hmm. and then they came to Christ it's not a it's yeah. it's not a it's not an exclusive thing. It's you got to get them going. You don't you know you right. got to get them to take baby steps first. And, so. and, and you know just as much as being a uh, a Christian going to secular recovery, you may uh, tick off a lot of people in secular recovery who are not Christian. You can tick off a lot of Christians by being a person coming from secular recovery by saying that hey, you might want to just pipe it down a little bit, a bit with all the rhetoric right away. Yeah. Like these people that are uh, that not come to Christ yet, our mission, our the the Great Commission, is to bring them right. It well, is. are we supposed to drag a rope around their neck and, and pull them across the line? No, <laughs> that doesn't really work with people like us. But what we do is that we minister gently and we allow for the basic conception to be your conception of God when you walk into the, the doors of secular recovery is good enough to start. We, there's no prerequisite here. You don't have to be thinking along my lines per se to, in order to get in the door. Because I mean, if you think about the ministry of Jesus, did Jesus like ask you for a Christian ID card before he ministered to you? <laughs> no, what he said is that we're to love everyone and be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Because it's about yeah. attraction, not promotion. Exactly. I, I tell people all the time, it's like you know, Jesus didn't come to town with a guy ahead of him saying, passing out flyers saying, "Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming." Everybody line up, and, and, and you're, you're only welcome if you already believe. He didn't right, say that. exactly. He, he invited everybody. He's hanging out with the worst of the worst, you know. Yeah, exactly. And he didn't exactly walk in the door saying, "All right, I'm here. Line up. Who wants to be healed?" Right? No, you had to reach out to him. In but fact, the way you reached out to him is because you were attracted to and him. And in fact, Jesus said, "I came not for the righteous, but to save sinners." <laughs> Amen. It. And that's exactly. what we're trying to do: is reach out into the world, and that's what we're called to do. So, so when we open the door, and I'm talking about myself here, I was not exactly. I didn't even consider myself a Christian when I first got uh, really? into recovery. No. Absolutely not. I wasn't saved. I, I was a uh, I was a recovering uh, 
Catholic as well as a recovering Easy. alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> we I love our Catholic brothers and sisters. I, I know, but hey, listen, you know, it is what it is. I come from the Northeast, and I, I, I was recovering from Sister Mary Teresa beating me over the back of the head with a ruler. You know what she I mean? She truly did need recovery, didn't you, brother? I, mean, <laughs> I, I pushed all that stuff. In fact, the big book is very uh, specific in the We Agnostics chapter, which focuses around, focuses around step two, as to where we, we have to drop all prejudices. We have to... Uh, turn away from all of our bad spiritual or religious experiences earlier in life because that's what's probably formed the idea that we have now of organized religion or spirituality. And we have to be able to look at the whole forest despite the few bad trees. Yeah. The same way when you're looking at Christians and evangelicals, you can't look at all the TV evangelists that were ripping off people's money and judge the whole the whole ministry by that. Well, when people get involved, there's going to be issues. There's going to, exactly. Yeah. So what we need to focus on is not that, it focus on Jesus Christ. Exactly. And that's what these things do. So that's, but we're going to have to, we're going to have to roll a little bit. So that, yeah. that is, uh, what is the principle behind step two? Is hope. Amen. Because I develop a sense of hope, a really big sense of hope when I say, wait a minute, you're telling me that I can enter into this spiritual program even with my basic conception and my, and you know, as long as I, you know, you know, there was a guy. And, there's no rules here. I can just, I can believe what I believe right now, and it's okay for me to make the approach. Well, there, there was a guy in a in a twelve step meeting that I was in this morning. It was his second meeting, and I could see the difference. He came in so defeated in the first mm-hmm. meeting, and but he listened to us. And then the second meeting, he already had a little hope. Man, it was so awesome. You know, and, and you know what? Another part, another thing that comes from we we mentioned just earlier about how uh, I, I always acted in my addictions. To where I was trying to behave in a way that I thought you wanted me to act so that you liked me. Right. Now I can just be where I'm at, how I am, who I am, and I'm accepted into the fellowship. That's great. And that's a springboard. Into hope. That gives me hope that I can actually be accepted into this thing and be okay. Hey, if you want to join the program, you can call us at 800-808-5548, 800-808-5548. I'm Pastor John Allworth. I'm here with my co-host, Tony B., and we are discussing the 12 steps and the, and the 12 principles, the biblical principles that go with those 12 steps. You can also call, if you, if you want to join the program, you can do so anonymously, or you can call just to voice support for us staying on the radio, because our contract is up February 1st, and you can call 800-808-5548. We want to know if we're out there helping anybody, so if you think we are Take take uh, fifteen seconds and call into the show and express some support. So we're on to to step three. Yeah. What is step three, Tony? Well, now that we have that hope, God already starts to work even before we turn our wills and our life over to Him, which is what step three is about. We make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. So now we're not calling in a power greater than ourselves anymore. We realize that it's God. It's God. It's where we are at with Him, and just because it says. Uh, God as we understood him does not mean the goal here is to fully understand God because I hate to tell you, you never will. None of us ever will. He you is, never will. So at where is, you're at right now, God as you understand him, where you're at right now, you make a decision, okay, I like what I'm getting here. I, I see that there's a there's a, a chance this will work for me. Now I'm ready to make a decision to turn my will and my life over to God. One of the things That's a we, huge, huge, huge thing. It is. You know, the first thing I learned coming into the recovery myself is to stop praying for what I wanted because what I wanted wasn't getting me very far and to start praying for his will in my life and the power to carry it out. You know, that that is that is that is so wonderful because uh without God we can't. And but it's a partnership. Without us, God won't. And very much like uh the sermon that we heard Wednesday night at our church, this decision to turn our will and our life over to God is an action that develops faith. 
Yes. This is not a blind faith deal. This is not just a lick my finger, stick it in the air and feel where the wind's blowing. Hey, I'm going to go this way today. This is a decision by evidence, by what's already happening, but the power of step two that, hey, I'm, I'm going to develop faith around this. I'm going to put my faith in the fact that I'm feeling something I never felt before, that these people around me are telling me that this is God and I have a chance to really, really get a relationship with them. I'm all in. Yeah. And put my faith in that. So that principle number three is faith. And, you know, that's it's it's really when you start turning the corner. All these other things are very important. But those first three, those are the foundation. I mean, they really are. And that's that's, you know, I've got a, a radio program where I preach on Mondays called the transformative power of Christ. And I'll be preaching this Monday at 530. I'd love for you to join us then. Uh, and, you know, I'll be speak, speaking on deliverance uh, on Monday evening. But <clears throat> this turning our will over to his care and to start living for God, man, do things change. Mm-hmm. It is a wonderful thing. We're going to go through one more step before the break, Tony, and then I want to promote uh, the Open Door Mission and some another couple of things uh, and um, cool ministries and, and everything else. But let's do one more well, before we go. You go. You want to say something else? I want to, I want to yeah. finish up number three okay, because the first three, the admit, submit, commit that I always talk about. Admit is one. Submit is two. Submit is two. And then commit is three. So notice that committing comes after submitting. The action of submitting yourself has to come before the commitment. You don't, okay, I'm going to commit to this and now I'm going to submit to it. No, you actually are in an advantage here, a perceived advantage, that before you jump all the way into the pool, right, you can stick your toe in. And you can see how the water is. This is all generated to make it as easy for you as possible to accept and to go all in on. You don't have to, you know, it's not, people want to say that uh, organized religion can be like a cult or like AA can be like a cult because you have to do the blood pinky thing and all that. No, this is something that it's uh, all depending on your willingness. If you don't have the willingness to do this, how can you recover from something that you don't think you have? Yeah, you can't. You can't. So I I cannot overemphasize how important it is that we realize that once we make that decision, that it's it's a decision that we cannot make lightly. This is something that if you're going to go in, the half measures will avail you nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. But that decision does not have to be something that you're afraid of. It's something that it's going to be trial and error. There's going to be mistakes made. This is not a a test where you have to pass with 100% every day. Because even with 10 years sober, I fail every day. Yeah. We all fail every single day. There's only one that was perfect, right? Amen. And he's he's the one that's going to guide us through this if we allow him to, if we give ourselves to. And that's what we speak. We seek spiritual progress, not perfection, because none of us will ever be perfect. Uh, But the difference is, is that we... We uh, we feel we get convicted when we make mistakes, and mm-hmm. we try to do better. So to sum up where we're at, we have step one, which is honesty. The mm-hmm. principle behind it is honesty. We admitted that we were powerless over drugs, alcohol, gambling, pornography, whatever it may be, and that our lives have become adv- uh, unmanageable. Honesty. Admit that you got a problem. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. That's hope, and you submit because you have hope now. And there are people out there that are listening to my voice that don't think they have any hope right now mm-hmm. because the enemy has them down and he's lying to them. He's whispering in their ear, you're no good. You know, this mm-hmm. is just, you're stuck. This is the way it is. They're, they're stuck in a cycle of shame and guilt. So then step three is you commit, you surrender. You made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to God. 
the care of God as we understood him. Those are powerful steps, my my friends. They really are. And they're open and available for anybody out there that's listening to my voice. I want to promote a couple things, Tony. First of all, we've got uh, some ministry partners, the Open Door Mission. And, uh, you know, this is an incredible program, folks. You want to talk about the transformative power of Christ. It's uh, been around for, oh, I don't know, 70 years or something like that. But they've really come into their own last decade under the leadership of my friend Tom, our friend, Tommy Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a wonderful man who's, who's given his life to was making a ton of money out in the oil patch and, and uh, in the transportation business, but decided he wanted more out of life. He's in recovery himself. He's got 30-something years mm. in recovery. He he leads the Open Door Mission, and, and uh, the friend of the program that's over there that's uh, helps him is named Philip Vaughn. Anyway, so what this is, it takes in men that are addicted and are having some mental problems and are, are homeless, and it transforms them. They've got two different programs, Tony. They just started a, a 30-day program. Uh, for short term, for people that that don't think they can commit to uh, six months or longer, then they've got a longer term program. And some folks, some guys come into the program for a month and decide they're getting so much out of it, they stay longer. It's a holistic program. They they use 12 steps. They use smart, what's something called smart recovery, which is cognitive. They, they, they give you job skills, teach you how to use a computer, place you in job places when you get out, turn you from a, turn these people that are homeless, that are children of God, that are loved by God into productive members of society. But most importantly, they introduce you to Jesus Christ and they start every day in, in, in church with, with Jesus. And that's really who transforms people. If you want to change your life, you know, I don't care if you're living under a bridge. God has a purpose for you. And the the truth of the matter is the worst your life is when you are become an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Your testimony is all that more powerful. Well, all you got to do is call 832-962-4249. The Open Door Mission, 832-962-4249. If you're interested in the program or you know somebody who needs the program and you want to get more information, call them, 832-962-4249. Second ministry I want to support before we go into break is something called Cool Ministries. And my friend, uh, uh, Pastor Boyd Harrell, they're over on 34th Street, coolministries.net. You can get more information. They've got a wonderful prison reentry program where people have been into prison, uh, they start ministering to them, at least pre-COVID, while they're in prison. And then when they come out of prison, they help them with a reintegration program, places to live, jobs, things to do, things of that nature. So uh, you can go to coolministries.net. They also have recovery meetings on Monday and Wednesday, Monday in person and Wednesday online. I really encourage you to to check them out, coolministries.net. Then I want to promote again our, our ministry on Friday nights, which is, is uh, Break Every Chain Ministries, uh, which is uh, we meet at 901 Wilson Road every Friday at 7 o'clock. We have uh, praise and worship. We have a biblical message, and then men's and women's, women's fellowship. It's kind of a cross between a 12-step meeting and a, and a religious service uh, uh, church. So join us on Friday nights at 7 at 901 Wilson Road. We'll be right back. Uh, you're with Pastor John and Tony B. on Recovery Radio Houston. Whataburger.
Welcome back to Recovery Radio Houston. This is Pastor John Allworth. I'm here with my co-host, Tony B. And we are going through the 12 steps and the principles that go with each of those 12 steps. Because as Tony so eloquently described in the first half, uh, these are all biblically based. They're right out of the Bible. We're going to go through all 12 of them right before we finish. But so far, we've been through honesty, hope, and surrender. Now, those are Christian principles, folks. Faith. Surrender, faith, yeah, yeah I like it. Um, so we are now on step four. One more time, I'm going to give you the phone number, 800-808-5548, 800-808-5548, to join the show or to either to join the show live, you can come on, you can be anonymous, or to just call in and say, hey, stay on the radio, guys. Uh, we're enjoying the show, and we think you're helping people out there. 800-808-5548. Okay, that's the last time I'm going to promote that. Don't okay. <laughs> so uh, what, what were we at? We're on well, step four. now we're getting courageous. Okay, I love we it. We were meant to be courageous. No, okay. Yeah. We're the, no longer the cowardly line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, because we have the honesty, hope, and faith, and we have God in, in, our, uh, in our corner now, and we're, we're relying on him, our faith, and I'm, I'm sorry, our will and our our life are in his control now that allows us to be roll into the fourth principle which is courage we have the courage to make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves now right away you think well well that's really scary i've got to really talk about me yeah it is but but i can tell you that if the first three steps are done thoroughly and the proper way you are armed with the courage now to where you can't wait to keep getting what you've been getting in the first three steps. We're now, feel-good junkies, right? We want more of whatever makes us feel good. Absolutely. So by now, hopefully, God's starting to make us feel good because we're relying on him. So now I want to get all this crap out of me. Real quick, Tony, what do you mean by if we've done the first three steps correctly? How do you do the steps? Well, you have a sponsor that's right. supposed to guide you, right? Right, And you're actually starting to feel change. If you're feeling change, then guess what? You're probably doing something right. Yeah, and, and you're. I also, mean, there's there's not like a set bar you have to reach, but I mean, I'm at least the point. I'm my willingness is coming to proceed. Well, what I'm not I, running. What from I it. do with my sponsees and what my sponsor did with me is we had a workbook and we worked through these exercises and and we. That's an option, not a requirement. Okay, and 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 that's how we we quote unquote work the steps. So you know, can, I mean, can we do I, there are people that can't read that do this. True. Sure. And you have to be able to do it either way. Yeah. And the, the way I like to do it is, well, if me and you are hanging out, right, and we're working, we're doing our program. We're going to meetings and we're talking and we're discussing and you're opening up to me and I'm opening up to you, right? We're doing what the Bible says. We're confessing to each other, right? Right, right. If I start waking up in the morning, can't wait to do that instead of can't wait to get to the store and get a fifth or go down to the corner and score a rock. Boy, what a change. If, if my, if there's change, <laughs> see? Yeah, yeah. If, if I'm willing to call up John Allworth and go hang out with him instead of going to the the house of ill repute, right, or, or go down to the adult turn, bookstore. Or, or turn on my phone and looking at pornography, yeah, so whatever I'm, it may be. Now yeah. I'm filling the hole in my soul with something proper. Praise the Lord. So now, So that's how you are progressing in the steps when you're starting to really want to do them more. Okay. Because this is not a one shot deal where you, you know, you, okay, you did all 12, you passed, you go on the rest of your life. This is, has to be a pattern for living. Yeah, it's an ongoing process. Right. So, and you continue to work the steps as you work through them with sponsees, or maybe you even work through them again with you, your own sponsor. You go, you, you may work the steps the first time around, but you have to start living them. Yeah, yeah. You have a, to live the steps. It, it is a way of life. So, okay. <clears throat> Making this searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves is think of a, it's like the book says, it, it, you have a business, right? Every business at a certain point, whether it's bi-monthly, six months, bi-annually, whatever, 
they get rid of old inventory. They get rid of the stuff that's not selling anymore. So I want to get rid of, for me, I want to rid myself of these things that have been bringing me down forever. Mm -hmm. The stuff that I thought I had to die with, right? The ways I think about somebody towards someone because I have a resentment towards the way I think they treated me or the way they actually did treat me that I formed a pattern of living around it and and existence and I avoided my full potential with God, right? Right, and you mentioned something earlier that's so profound is that so many people in addiction have things in their background, in their childhood, that are weighing that they think them they got to die with, that no one, think, yeah, and that they've never, they don't have the courage to talk to anybody. That the enemy about. has stapled to their soul, right? And we need to purge those. And exactly. so, in order to do that, we need to make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. I want to try to get through all these, so let's let's keep rolling. Yeah, yeah. let's roll. So, step five: What do we do? This well, is a big one. That with that courage, now we have to develop some integrity. That's important. The yes, integrity comes when we are willing to admit to God. This is in order. Now we admit to God then to ourselves, and then to another being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Wow. Yeah. Now that, you know, we're listening to these off in an hour, but this could take years. Yeah. This takes a while. It does. It took me a, almost a full two years to go f- completely through these things and, and finally get it to where it was something I could adapt to a normal day life. Well, for example, our friends at the Open Door Mission, mm-hmm. if you want to go in, you can call 832-962-4249. Tommy explains on here a couple of times he's been on the program. They do a whole weekend mm-hmm. where, just on step four yeah. where, because they think it's so important and right. it is And the principles are, it's so important to, to get into the core of what, well, how'd you get this way? How, what, what, what are you dragging around? What is the enemy? Got? Well, we expose what, in, what we expose in four, we explain in five, we explain in five, we get right. out. It's that's, that's exactly but James five sixteen. Very important. The integrity is developed because look at the order of which we have to do this. First, we have to admit it to God. Right. Because God comes first in everything, right? Amen. Then ourselves. Uh, we have to be honest. <laughs> Why <laughs> ourselves before somebody else? Now, see, the, I'm trying to point out the way of thinking that we have to change. Okay. If I go through God, right, I then become self-aware, and then I can admit to another person the truth now. Instead of trying to contrive something to make you feel, make myself feel I'm comfortable around you, I concoct the truth that you approve and then I adapt it? No, 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 no. Now I have to adapt the truth that I run through God first. And and then I admit that to you. So now I'm actually going to start telling the truth. And if we can't admit it to ourselves, then there's no way we're going to admit it to anybody else. And you know, God, factually, God, God, factually, yeah. So that it, these are all tied together. That step one, exactly. honesty. We have to really come get that in our souls. We have to get that honesty, and and that has to be a hallmark of our recovery. You know, right. that, that is a principle. So then we have integrity now because now we've admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human. Because being. of that process of admittance, now we have something behind us. We're actually being truthful. Yeah, and it's through God to ourselves, through other people. So now we're projecting a truthful image about why we are the way we are. And the other thing that that does is it cleanses us because when we have secrets, you know, and we're fooling ourselves, we're fooling everybody else. What do lies do? Yeah. Lies are the tools of the enemy, right? They They distort my thinking and my way of being to where I start believing my lies as reality and I'm not living in reality and I'm destroying myself. And Satan is the father of all lies and he will continue to lie to us. Now, six is beautiful. Uh, Six six is the real willingness principle because now I'm like, God, please take this away. I'm entirely ready now to have God remove all of this. I mean, these defects of character, they call them. These these uh, lying ways, these deceiving ways, all fruits of my... Resentfulness. Exactly. Non-forgiveness. Stealing. 
Yeah, I want vengeance, cheating, all these things. All these things that I use to attain that self-satisfaction so I can portray that image so that you accept me. Which are all anchors around our neck that the enemy uses to keep us in bondage. That's all they are. Exactly. So we're not not asking God yet. We're just entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And that's the willingness we need. That's the principle. Because because it's not magic. You can't say, God, just fix me. You have to become ready to do it. You have to develop the honesty. You have to develop the integrity. Now we have to be ready and truly ready to do this. And we're ready because God is going to exalt us when we are humble. So principle number seven is humility. So now we develop true humility, which is we humbly ask him with a capital H to remove our shortcomings. I, I can't stress, certainly for me, how important this principle of humble, humbleness is. We have to be humble. We have to go to God with humility. You know, he is a gracious, forgiving, wonderful, loving God. But we have to be contrite in our hearts. We have to be humble when we approach him. And he will exalt the humble. And he will, and all that are exalt themselves will be humbled. So this uh, is the part where my the hair on my neck starts to tingle. Amen. Because... Now that we're filled with that humility and we're and we're asking God to remove all these things from us, guess what we get to do? Now we get to go make amends. And oh, there's such yeah. a big misconception. People get to recovery. Oh, I got to figure out a way how to say sorry different this time. You know, I got back problems. I got to get the wife back. I got to get the job back. And I got to get, <laughs> get the law off my back. back I got all problems. these back problems I love it. I love it. That, that I tried to, to, uh, to medicate by just saying, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Hey, I won't do that again, man. And, you, you know, know uh, that's not amends. Yeah. And every addict out there, people that, you know, the collateral damage that we yeah. talk about. We've they, destroyed these people with saying sorry over and over. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. And it just it's manipulation. It, it is a it is manipulation. And it's a broken record. And they're tired of hearing about it. Right. They want something different. So now in step eight, they call it brotherly love, the principle. Well, why? At first, I had to look at that and say, well, how does making amends develop brotherly love? Well, I think the world is going to be a lot more willing to accept me. Um, I shouldn't say the world. I, the people that I have harmed will accept me a heck of a lot better if they see true humility in my heart. Of course they will. Of so, course so they will. So the first seven steps that produce that humility, well, now I might actually encounter some brotherly love starting in my fellowship of recovery and hopefully a good church that I've joined. Because people, you know, the, what is it you always said uh, that, you never thought you had a problem, but always everybody, you were the only one. Yeah, I didn't want to go to rehab because <laughs> because I didn't want everybody to know I have a problem. And everybody already everybody knew. knew. Hello. Well, the same way everybody only, everybody knows you have a problem, they also all will be able to find out and tell when you are truly changing. When you're genuine, yeah. When you've got that integrity, mm-hmm. when you've got that humbleness, when you've got that, that, that honesty. So step eight is made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make, we're not doing it yet. We right. became willing to make amends to all of them. And that's not always easy, but that's the love. You know, the Bible says, you know, before you give your gift to God at the altar, you go make amends yeah. with your with your brother and Don't sister. Don't come to me with your uh, your prayer requests. You, be, you, you better go out there and make things right before you. Yeah, because yeah. we're to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, but we're right. also to love our neighbor as ourselves. Right. So. Uh, did you ever? Did you ever think, or yourself, or did you ever hear somebody tell you this? I know, no matter how much I pray or praise or raise my hands at the altar, I can't ever feel like I'm letting go of something. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Well, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You come in here to try and uh, and fellowship and, and and worship God, but something's gnawing at you because you got something back there you got to fix, man. 
Yeah. You got to be holding willing. Those, yeah, you you're holding on to some stuff. You're holding on those resentments. You haven't made things right with people, you know. Mm-hmm. And so what is uh, – so that's love. That's, that's brotherly, brotherly love. love. Yeah. It made a list of all persons and became willing to make amends to all of them. So what do you do next? Here comes the dirty word. Okay. Discipline. And That's a dirty word for an alcoholic. Well, we got responsibility. You, that's Spider-Man. With great power comes great. Oh, well, we're not talking about that. Uh, yeah. The discipline. <laughs> I'm trying well, to be you, funny. You, you skipped to 10. We're still on nine. No, no, no. Nine is discipline. Nine is discipline. Nine is made to direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them and others. Brother, I'm telling you, my list is right. All right. Okay. Well, that's that makes sense of responsibility, except for responsibility. Let me tell you why it's discipline, though. Because... Listen to the step. May direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. We have a way as addicts, right, to where I'm going to go say I'm sorry to the point to where I make you feel bad. Right. Does that do. make any sense? I'm going gonna, gonna to guilt you into saying into accepting my apology. That's injuring somebody. Yeah. Right? Or you go ahead and say, well, you know what? It's not my... F- Hey, I, I slept with Mary Jane, but I did so because of, right? Yeah. Because you did something. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, you know, when, when you come to It some, takes discipline to go own it yourself. And it takes responsibility. It it takes discipline. What do you to have for step to, 10? What principle do you have for step 10? You're just pushing me off. This is my favorite one. Okay. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. But that's discipline. That's perseverance. Okay. Um <laughs> We have a different list, but dude, I, but, I got this off the wall at AA. Okay, <laughs> the, the the but let's go back to step nine because I didn't mean right. to push you on that. Because, That's okay. Because here's here's an important thing that that I want to talk about from a practical standpoint. You know, I was so afraid to make these amends. Mm-hmm. It it takes it takes every bit. You got all these steps go together, and this principle back on step number four with courage. Um, that. You have to have courage. You have to have integrity. You have to have honesty. You have to. These steps build upon one another. They build a foundation. So now you're ready to go make the recommends to them. And you know what I found when I did it? Because now they could tell I was on it. It wasn't just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They could tell that I had really changed and that I was doing my best. That's humility leaving the brotherly love. Yeah. But what does 2 Timothy 1.7 say to us? And the, the spirit of, that God gave us, right? What's the last part? Discipline. Discipline. Yes, it's about did. we have to have the discipline to stick to what the story is about and not make it about ourselves. We have a way of going to make amends to people and try to still make them feel sorry for us. We have to accept the blame that takes discipline and yes, we have to be does. able to be willing to make it right. Not just say, I'm sorry. What can I do to make this right? Whether it's financial, emotional, spiritual, whatever. And but you know what? When you really do it right. What you what you receive back is love, exactly, and acceptance and appreciation. That's why it was a, it was a beautiful. It was, I was so scared of it, but it was a beautiful process. Yeah. It was oh, a, I have so many immense stories to tell you that are both hilarious and tear jerking at the same time, and they were so simple because I was so scared to go say something to some people. But when I I'll give you one really quick. There was a guy at my job that I hadn't talked to in over twelve years. Okay. Because of an argument we had gotten into. And I held a resentment against him for so long. I talked bad about him behind his back. Well, when I first got out of rehab, I was dipping my toe in the water with this stuff. I said, let me go see what happens if I go talk to this guy and just kind of try and, you know, mend fences with him. It took five minutes. And I went, hey, man, not for nothing, but, you know, I, I don't want to walk past you anymore. Let's, let's, I, I like to make things right. What can, what can I do? And he goes, 
Tony, I always liked you, man. I just knew you were crazy. <laughs> it was that simple. By just having the, uh, you know, being able to uh, own it, right? There's yeah. the discipline to say, hey, man, you know, what you said to me that day was really screwed up and it made me mad. That's There's no discipline involved in that. To no. completely keep it on yourself. And there's no responsibility. Right? Either. I mean, did, yeah. did, did Christ complain about the nails going in? No, yeah. he took them. Yeah, he did. Right? He owned it. He did. So that's why perseverance is so important, number 10, because now I have to continue to take this personal inventory throughout my life. You know, this is such an important... You talked about living it earlier. Mm-hmm. So the, so this step, continued to take personal inventory, mm-hmm. and when we were wrong, promptly admitted We're into it. the maintenance part of it now, 10, 11, and 12, the maintenance. Yeah, and but but that's that's the living it. Right. And, and, and you live, living amends. You know, I'm living amends to my wife. I'm, I'm living, to, trying to, you know, because we don't become perfect. We don't become Jesus, but we still have some character defects, so we continue to maintain it. We continue to take that personal and inventory. And before I forget, that's why discipline leads to perseverance, because I have to be disciplined to you stay perfect. Perseverance, absolutely, in this absolutely. That's you do. why it slides into it. Absolutely, you do. You know what I mean. So you know that that's 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 so important. You continue to take that personal inventory. You know, it, it, it's like it's like the Apostle Paul said. He, he said, "I have to die daily." You know, the, the, that's what's so beautiful. That's why the recovery process mirrors Christianity, the Christian right. walk. You have to you have to every day because the world's still out there. The temptation's still out there. The the, the booze is still out there. The pornography's still out there. Mm-hmm. And you have to every single day, you have to, you have uh, to walk you, through it. You have to walk through it. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jesus said in 923, he said, anyone that would come after me must deny themselves mm-hmm. pick up their cross daily right. and follow me right you know so uh it is a daily process and when you live in the recovery world you are living a biblical life it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing and you're not even living a biblical life in the way you thought it was when you first started. No, because you know so many people come into, oh, you know, it's just thinking you're. It's the Pharisee approach, right? You know, it's it's the the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, where the Pharisee in Luke chapter eighteen, where the Pharisee is sitting down there saying, "I'm so glad I give tithes. I'm so glad I'm not like that look guy. Look at me at the front look, of the look church. Look at me." Um, and 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 the tax collectors over there saying. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, I'm <laughs> yeah. a sinner. Please have mercy on me. Mm-hmm. That's living the recovery life is, Lord, I'm have mercy on me. I need you in my life. And I continue to take personal inventory. And, plus, and, and The thing about it is, too, is that the more you stay in that, the, the less your mistakes hurt and the, the quicker they go away. Yeah, because you correct them. You, you see know what them, I mean? You, you see them, you identify them. I want to roll 11 and 12 together before we run out of time because this is the beautiful part now. Okay, go for it. We were talking about the awakening, right? Yeah. Well, this is the spiritual awareness. Okay. We've had a bunch of experiences through these first 10 steps. Now we're going to do what it takes to have that spiritual awareness, which is the 11th principle. We seek through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. That is so powerful and so crucial that we understand that we're not making rules for God. We're not creating a God that we understand. A lot of people uh, mix that up. Conscious contact with God as we understand him. That is not saying I'm creating a God of my own understanding, as people love to say in meetings all the time. As I'm taking my understanding of God today, and I'm trying to improve that daily through prayer and meditation and constant spending time with him, as we like to say all the time. I spend time with God, and I improve my conscious contact with him so that I realize even more and more that all I need is the, uh, the knowledge of his will and the power to carry it out. 
and then we roll into service, which is number 12. The thing that we want to do right away when we first get there, we want to get on these 12-step calls, and we want to sponsor people right away, and we haven't even done step three. <laughs> service is the last one. Service, We're ready for service to others, which, you know, having had a spiritual awakening, we roll from the awareness into the awakening. As a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to all addicts to practice these principles in all our affairs. That's not putting on a, a big S on your shirt and going out there and saving the world. That is being the spiritual warrior daily, dying to yourself in the morning and being thankful when you get to bed at night that you made it through the day, you didn't use, you didn't drink, you didn't hurt anybody, you tried to serve God the best you could. And then you start again in the morning. Well, it's like we talked about earlier, that journey to authenticity. You're the same person at home that you are when you go to the meetings. Mm-hmm. that you are at the office you're not one person in church right. and another person at the water cooler when you're making jokes about which is a struggle yeah even is. for people that aren't in recovery <laughs> yeah it, it is a struggle it is a struggle but if we're going to be you know we, we, we live in such a time with the uncertainty over the and all the controversy over the election with the uncertainty over covid and what's going on and what the government's doing and and there's, there's a lot of uncertainty out there and, you know, the church needs to be the light of the world. The church needs to be the place that the church has turned now. It is the church. It is the time for the church. It's time for a great awakening out there. And it's time for the church to step up. And it's time for the church to be the loving place that welcomes all people. Well, you know, the problem there is I think, too, and I'm probably going to tick off some people when I say this, but you know me well. I really don't care. But the problem with a lot of Christians out there today they think they got to make themselves bigger than they are in order to do that. All you have to do is go out and live that Christian life on a daily basis, and you can be a you can be a hero. Attraction, not promotion. You don't have to put a cape on. You don't have to, you know, throw up a throw up a and get on a soapbox and start preaching to thousands of the, right off the bat. You start living your life the way you need to live it right now, and that speaks enough to the people around you, and they'll loan your family and your children. Well, it's it's like the recovery principle. You want people to see what you have through the, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. to see his love shine through him, to continue to give him glory for everything that happens, and for, for them to want what you have. And what we have, Tony, because our program starts... God wants us to walk out of the darkness and into the light. And mm-hmm. the only reason that you and I were able to walk out of that darkness, because we were both in very dark places, mm-hmm. is because of his hand and because of his love and because of the light he offers. So, uh, okay. Okay, now, to, <laughs> we're, you know. We, we, we never pay attention to that anyway, we producer. Keep, we, we, just, we, we just keep talking. We wait for Jim. the music to come up, and then we go. Well, you know, it's, it's, it is an honor and a privilege to to discuss recovery with you folks out there in Houston, Texas. Uh, you can go to our website rec- on Facebook, which is Recovery Radio Houston. You can send Tony and, or myself a message. Uh, we'll get back to you. Or money. Uh, uh, yeah, you can. You can. Uh, and, and we're going to be out there one way or another. But this program And our continue. podcast. Let's not forget our podcast. Our podcast, yeah. On the KKHT website or wherever, uh, uh, Google, Apple, however you get your podcast, just search for Recovery Radio Houston Podcast. All of our episodes on there for over the last year. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah, it is. We've been on for almost a year now. Yeah, we have. And then we missed some, but there's probably 40 po- podcasts on there. Yeah. Something like that with uh, Tony and I discussing 12 steps and, and principles and different at, marvelous breaking, guests, breaking it down yeah. and then having people like Tommy Thompson on and, and other people. We had some great, you know, Pastor Robert uh, Dubois before he passed away. Mm-hmm. We were probably his last public appearance. He was a mighty man of God that uh, came out of prison. You know, we've had 
uh, people that uh, that lots of people that have several different groups that, that minister to people that are in prison. That's important to reintegrate. We've had our friend Tommy Thompson on many times. They're all labeled. You can go on there. And I want to say to you real quick what an honor and privilege has been with you. Thank you for asking me to do this. This was wow. totally out of left field. Never thought I'd be doing something like this before. Never did it. And uh, who knows how we're going to be doing in the future, but however we are, it's been an honor and a privilege, brother. And I love Well, thank you. you, my brother. I love you, too. You know, it's uh, we're going to keep doing it because God's put on our heart yeah, that he's done so much for us. He's so mighty. He's so wonderful. He's been so good to us. And we just want to shout from the mountaintop that you don't have to live the way you live, and God's got a mighty purpose for your life. So thank you for joining us again. Recovery Radio Houston. We'll be around one way or the other. And thanks again to Pastor Maz. Thank you for backing us up. And my lovely wife, Robin, and your wife, Rebecca, thank you for all the support. We love you. We're always here for you. Recovery Radio Houston signing off for now.